Māori Party MP Te Ururua Flavel made some highly controversial statements regarding the level of suicide rates amongst Māori. This featured in his column for the Rotorua Daily Post on the 20th of July 2011. Perhaps we should make a very hard stand with this. If a child commits suicide, let us consider not celebrating their lives on our marae. Perhaps bury them at the entrance of the cemetery so their deaths will be condemned by the people. In doing this, it demonstrates the depth of disgust the people have with this. Yes, it is a hard stance, but what else can we do? Once again, that statement was made in 2011 by Māori Party MP Te Ururua Flavel. Fast forward four years, he's now leader of the Māori Party, Minister of Māori Development, Minister for Whānau Ora and the Associate Minister for Economic Development. He's been in the job for about a year. At the National Suicide Prevention Hui Tūramarama Kiteora held in Rotorua this year, he recalled that statement that was widely rejected. And for those who got hurt by that statement, I apologise. As long as you understand that it was about a cry to do something about it, to shake people up, to have that quarter that we want to talk about these next couple of days. That was the point of it. Little did I realise that actually people still are still hurting in their own families. So for that I apologise if I hurt anyone. But the motivation was nevertheless really clear for me. Still a desire to do something about it. Te Ururua spoke of his own personal experience attending a tangihanga where the deceased committed suicide and the impact it had upon him as he sat on the paipai tapu, the bench where the speakers of the marae sit. Oh, a young boy uh, out at one of my, our marae and I was sitting on the pai when he came in that door and the mother's here today. And uh, the grandfather's here today. And that really... Um, took a bit of a toll. I'm not here to tell you what to do or not to do. You're the experts and you fellows. In fact... Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking for ideas. Because the hard part for me, like all of you, is what do you do? What do you do? This is not like you break a leg and see it and something happens, eh? That's what I learned. I learned from talking to these people. You, you break a leg while well, you can see a plaster. It's, bro- it's broken, for goodness sake. You can't even tell if somebody's going to have an accident or do it. And afterwards, it's not just one person, it's the whole family because you keep asking the question, where did I go wrong? What happened? Why did they do that? That's what I've learned. Suicide has not been in my whānau. But what I have learned by simply being around people and seeing the, the kōrero, it's, it's, it's started to generate all sorts of other emotions and stuff like that. Because I remember, in fact, with this tangi, the question was raised, well, we should not celebrate those kids when they go out that gate because all their kids come there and they have a haka and go berserk. And in fact, on one of those tangis, that was exactly the discussion. No, cut it. No, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but suffice to say that I hope that over the next couple of days that you come up with some of those answers.
Tanako te te waiata nā e pai e kōrerona mo te ahuatanga o te arawhanau te arawhanau ki a Nāti Pikiau nā rātou anō tēnei kaupapi whakaara ake He aku iti e aku rahi nau mai anō ki tēnei mumo hōtaka ki a tirohia ai e tātou ki te ao Māori this week on Tiahika, it's part two of our series, Te Ahuru Mōwai, the impact suicide has on our Māori communities, with a particular focus on prevention and solutions to decrease the suicide risk to young Māori in particular. We'll hear from Mental Health Foundation Kaitaka Wainga Witi Ashby, consultant and meridian kinesiologist Maui Tepau, Kiapiki Teora Suicide Prevention Coordinator Irene Walker, and actor Rob Mokaraka. He talks about his battle with depression that came to a head in a very public way. Last week on the show we featured coverage of Tūramarama Kiteora, the National Suicide Prevention Hui held in Rotorua. Tonight we'll shift gears and bring you a number of perspectives on the issue of suicide and how it affects families. What is tikanga, or the protocols when a person dies and lays at their marae? The normal associated tikanga is that the deceased, or tu pāpaku, lies on the marae for three days sometimes longer if the deceased person has respectable standing in the country or the community. But if the deceased or two pāpaku should die by their own hands, by suicide, the tikanga has been known to change so as to not pay the appropriate respects that has its usual place on the marae and in the tūpunafari, or the meeting house. More often than not, the decision is left to the discretion of the haukainga, the hosts of the marae. Dr Hawata Palmer is of Naitirangi iwi descent, Naitu Fifia, Ngai Tawaiti and Ngāti Tapu Hapu. In May this year he was a featured keynote speaker at a suicide conference. He talked about how more Māori whānau are disconnected from their families, marae and iwi. He referred to it as tikanga alienation. To get his perspective, I travelled to his home at Matakana Island. Hello, my name is Hawata Palmer. Uh, I'm from Matakana Island. I am uh, 78 years old and I've been living on this island for too many years. A couple of words that were spoken about were whakamomori and taurekareke and all these words kind of derive from that terakupu or suicide. You, you attended a similar kaupapa here in Tauranga. What was your take on that Yeah, funny you mentioned that because uh, that came up as well, not in the conference itself, but in the in the Faikorero leading up to the conference. And and actually, I agree with uh, Fagamomori is is uh, is a Maori word that is really not suicide, (laughs) doesn't relate to suicide, and and uh, it's uh, a word for that can describe uh, total depression and 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 I suppose that's the angle for Fakamomori. And we tried to work out some words to fit. Uh, mine was Tekohuru uh, Yakoyano, but there were others who came up with with some other versions of the same thing. Right. Uh, we didn't quite get to a, to a solution 
and I don't know whether it came out in the in the following one. Can you give us a bit of a um, uh, your corridor is twenty minutes long <laughs> on your on your laptop that you gave to this particular hui? Can you sort of you know, explain maybe a few key points or the cope in which you talked about? Well, I, I know one of the things that I didn't touch on, and, and we, you were talking earlier about tradition. Uh, there are examples of of tradition uh, of historical material that talk about um, one warrior handing another warrior a uh, patu or mere or taya, uh, so that that person can kill the person who handed it to him. Uh, and and I suppose that's a form of suicide, even though it is it uh, it is being killed by someone else. Uh, and we have examples in our own history of, of uh, people, uh, our tūpuna Tarangihauhiri, uh, predicted his own death. Uh, he knew he was going into a battle where he was going to be killed the following morning. And and uh, I don't know whether that's a form of suicide where you know uh, the outcome, where you know uh, you're going to be killed when you enter into that battle. And so, though, you know, there, there are examples of uh, of suicide and there are some direct examples of suicide in our history where people have deliberately killed themselves. So all I'm saying for this was that it's, it isn't a new thing uh, and it isn't new in the world of Māori. Uh, in the more recent times, and, and getting back to what you were talking about, uh, in my corridor was that there's been a certain stigma attached to tikanga, uh, tangihanga, and suicide, and and I I have I have a total disagreement with that, because uh, and my statement uh, said they are still dead and they are still ours, and that's and that's all that matters in my view. Uh, so. If uh, and and I've heard examples of people uh, being buried after only sometimes uh, on the same day that they died and sometimes the day after. And the other was that they be buried outside of the the Urupa gates, uh, the fence rather. And and so you know those sorts of things are, are quite abhorrent to me. I I don't agree with them. They are still yours, no matter how what. Uh, how they died, uh, what happened to them. To the the real issue, I think, is to take a good, long, hard look at ourselves, and and try and work out what it is that forces a person to take his own life or her own life. So those are those are the things that that I'm really concerned about. In the family, how traumatic would it is yeah, it for well, them? Yeah, hey. yeah, you're talking about double trauma, eh? Uh, you have the trauma of finding out that they 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 have uh, someone has killed himself or herself, and then you have the trauma of of not going through the tikanga process, and and I I don't agree with that. And of course uh, I think uh, all of this stems from religion, stems from the influence that the church has had on on our uh, on our lives ever since the colonization. So. Um, you know, I think there there needs to be a good, long, hard look at where that where suicide fits into tikanga, not the other way around. Where suicide fits into tikanga and not the other way around. I don't think there should be an accommodation 
uh, for suicide by the mere fact that a person has taken his or her life. Uh, that is, you know, that is for me, it's it's just patently wrong. If you uh, look at what the person has done in his or her life and and give them that accord in in the same way. Uh, that you accord a person the the ritual of a tangyanga, uh, then you 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 know you get to get it into some sort of perspective. And I I'm not sure whether I'm making my point, but uh, all I'm saying is that if you concentrate on the suicide rather than what the person has been able to achieve in their life, uh, then uh, you're on the wrong track. You you know uh, uh, oh sure talk about the suicide, but also talk about the good things that that person has done. Uh, and that is the purpose of Tangyanga. What can be done for our young kids? Or why is this happening, do you think? Um, I know no one's got the answers, but... Oh, there, there's a whole lot of issues uh, around suicide, and, and I, I kind of listed them in my in my corridor. Uh, things like uh, depression, depression, um, uh, Family violence. There's all sorts of things. I, I only concentrated on on um, it alienation from your own tikanga, um, and and those were the only two things. But I, I think I listed about ten, um, and and so you know uh, the it one was was that we we were losing track of ourselves. We were losing uh, contact. With within our whanau where that used to happen uh, and, and I quote ex- examples of uh, um, parent trying to talk to their parents trying to talk to their children but they're busy uh, focused on their on their iPad or on their on their phone uh, those sorts of things um, and and going to meetings and you you're trying to talk to the meeting and and people are also looking at their you know the communication factor, which was which was a, I think a good, great thing within Maoridom, is starting to be badly eroded. I mean, when you attend a, when you attend a tangihanga, and there's been a young person or a person, and doesn't have to be young because you know some of the statistics saying that there are you know older people as well. You know what what runs through your mind when you're well, delivering uh, a five for me or? for me uh, first of all with young people is that. Uh, that young person hasn't even had a shot at life, hasn't had a real good shot at life, and and uh, um, and if it's an older person, then the the knowledge that that person has accumulated hasn't yet been fully utilised, you know, and and those are the th- the losses that you suffer when somebody dies, and if somebody dies prematurely, you know, it's it's just uh, uh, horrible, um, and. Uh, of course, with suicide and Maori, the highest rate of suicide is in within the young people. You know those sorts of things kind of run through your mind uh, when you when you go to a tangihanga, which uh, at which the person has killed himself or herself. And I've been to, I've been to a few of them. Uh, I, I think, from a tikanga point of view, the the tangata whenua, the the marae, is I think a little bit embarrassed that they have to talk about suicide, and I think, and and I think that's also wrong because I think suicide should be brought right out in the open, and people should talk about it a hell of a lot more, 
uh, and, and, and address the issue front on rather than uh, being embarrassed about it. And I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, if they, they should talk about ways that it can be prevented. Uh, when I went to that uh, hui, that conference that you're talking about, mm. uh, I, was, I was actually writing in that uh, on this island we were lucky we hadn't had a, a suicide. I couldn't recall one. Uh, until I was reminded that we did have one, and mm. and one of our young fellows, uh, who was a very promising young young man, uh, killed himself. Uh, the coroner's finding was that it was suicide, and and this boy was a promising boy. Mm. He was into tikanga, he was into whakapapa, all of those things, and he just did it. Nobody knows why. What do you think the hapu and iwi role is in tackling this issue? Oh, I th- I, and, and that I also addressed in my cordial was was that um, the particularly uh, from the niwi point of view, where they have now settled all their grievances and and uh, got some uh, settlements from the crown, that they <clears throat> that they should uh, have these forums. Uh, more regularly talk about, and and this is what it is, front up to suicide, talk about suicide, talk, you know, face it man to man, and and just uh, keep addressing it and keep addressing it, and somehow involve the whole of the hapu, the whole of the community. E te tū nohu nohu atākuta Hawata Palmer, tēnei te mihi ki a koe, Dr. Hawata Palmer from his home at Matakana Island. Ko Rob Mokaraka tōku ingoa, he ure tēnei nō Ngāpuhi, uh, engari uh, ki te taha o tōku māma ko Ngāi Tūhoi, tōku iwi uh, nō Waikare Moana. In July 2009, actor and writer Rob Mukaraka's personal struggle with depression came to a head in a very public way. Police were called to his Point Chevalier Auckland home. He advanced upon armed officers holding a meat cleaver. He was shot by police and hospitalised. In 2010, he pleaded guilty to charges relating to the incident. Rob calls depression his black dog, and for many years he didn't even know what it was. Today, he's bringing depression out into the open. In fact, he penned a play called Shot Bro, Confessions of a Depressed Bullet. Is it a black comedy? Oh, yeah. So you're taking the piss out of it? Well, I, um, I am doing it, if I was to start from the beginning, we put this kaupapa in the light. That's what I'm doing. I'm breaking it from the dark. Then we, we shroud it with aroha. And then with that knowing, you write this thing and you can challenge yourself and your audience because we're, we are a very uh, docile country. We get up and arms about a few things, but, you know, uh, with suicide, um, we've got a higher death rate than the car crash rate in New Zealand, which is about up to, get my stats wrong, maybe 250 to 300 people a year. That's crazy. And we're not, we're not allowed to talk about it. We can talk about it, but it's, it doesn't have to be with a heaviness. It's with an understanding. So I point, I'm poking fun at myself, basically, not anyone else. Mm. This is my So it's about my journey through that lens of depression. And I'm no expert on depression by any means, and nor am I expert on my own. But it is an ongoing journey to understand self and your own black dog, as they call it. Does depression, in your opinion, Rob's not an expert, as he just mentioned, mm. 
is it common in the um, in your community as an artist who has pressure to perform and to write? And oh, this is universal. This is universal. I think I had a discussion about this because a lot of artists are seen in that light of, of having to, yeah, and being dark, depressive, and and then you know ultimately take, taking their own lives. So the more investigation of being in this world, because all of a sudden because of that event, I um, I've, <laughs> I've mentioned this to another fellow writer. Uh, sometimes I'm like the moon who attracts the tide of crazies. Um, <laughs> And um and crazies and I you know this is because crazy knows crazy but I'm in a, a massive uh, a place of understanding compared to where I was at the time, so uh, I can recognise people at various stages of of their healing or various stages of their denial, and so people from various walks of life have come up to me. I'm talking lawyers, CEOs, and a, and a great thing that a CEO of a company I didn't know he knew he'd watched my story. And just through a mutual social occasion, he sort of sidled up to me and goes, you know, you're lucky uh, you have an art form where you can actually have the power to articulate this beast that we carry. And I was like, one minute we're talking about the weather, next minute we're talking about, he goes, I've got to go put on my suit of armour to work every day. I can't show that sort of vulnerability. And I was like, wow, that's intense. Um, and I was thinking, well... I have a duty to myself to heal first. I can't be healing anyone if I've got if I'm not yeah, on that path. That's right. So I've been on that path for a while and still am. So I thought, well, I am lucky, so why not use my superpowers for good? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about how how you man I mean, how you managed to get to this place you are today from that incident in six oh. years ago? Well, a lot of pain <laughs> to make me present. Uh, no hiding after that. There was no hiding after that. I've been hiding for a long time. So that when you've hit rock bottom and your tinana is that, I don't know, buggered and wrecked from uh, from surgeries from a single bullet, uh, and you've hit rock bottom mentally, spiritually, all you got left is your ngako. And uh, people came and they just understood that. And whānau and friends. People, some people left that I thought were my friends. Which in, in hindsight, it was a great thing because all the pretenders left and all the real ones stayed and more real ones stood up and came in. And I was like, wow, because no matter how bad you think your situation is, or especially myself, I was beating myself up 20 times a day, so tired for 20 years maybe, on and off, not knowing what I had, by the way. I didn't know what this condition was. People just go, oh, actually, you're not as bad as you think you are. You've actually got a good heart. You've made some mistakes. And to me, those mistakes were just compounding and pound compounding that I was the worst ever. And so to have that simplified is quite yeah. a cathartic and a healing thing. You're, oh, it's not just me. No, there's many of us. And um, if we don't talk about it, it will drag you to the bottom of the ocean, which it did for me. And I managed, because of some of my whānau in particular, stood up. And, and real close friends stood up. Did your writing change as a result of what you went through? Yep, my writing and my acting. So and what, in what sense? Uh, in the sense that uh, I was more open, uh, more compassionate, and vulnerability in life doesn't mean weakness. It means sometimes you're willing to be open and, and have a real open heart discussion. Which leads, so I go, so I'm into that on stage and screen. I like to see that because there's a strength in that. Uh, and I like to try and put that in writing, in my writing. I think the key word is try. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, one thing that came up at the conference was, you know, everybody was, all the keynote speakers were sort of saying, you know, if you're going through depression, you do this, do this. What would your call it all be to 
our Māori people, well, to everybody who is going through a bout of depression, what, what, what's the first step, do you think? First step is there's heaps of us, cousins. There's heaps of us. You're not alone. There's so many of us out there. And another one is it's not as bad as you think it is. Like you tell somebody, the world's not going to stop turning tomorrow. And tell if it's not a whanau member, tell a friend of the friend, tell a stranger. Because if she, just tell somebody, because it's not that bad, I promise you. It always seems the darkest when that cloud is upon you. And, you know, don't make the mistake I, I did and have to have the heck knocked out of me to realise, oh, all I needed was to talk. And, and when I did finally talk, nobody died. Uh, and I, nobody hated me. They went, oh, he's a human being. He's made a mistake. So what? So all I know is, no matter how dark it is, how far no, um, there's, there, there's a lot of aroha. The more light you let in. Um, somebody said to me, I was proud of, Rob, imagine if you let as much light in as you did the darkness. Imagine what you could achieve. It was so simple. It was genius. And I still have to tussle with that. But sh- sh- my friend, uh, Tracy Tafiao, she was right. Damn it. <laughs> Suicide prevention starts from conception. That was the theme at Tūramarama ki Te Ora, a national suicide prevention hui held in Rotorua and hosted by Te Runanga o Ngāti Pikiao. Rangi Marie Naida Glavish works as the Chief Tikanga Advisor and General Manager Māori with Hekamaka Waiora for Māori Health at the Waitemata and Auckland District Health Board. At the conference, Naida describes the Māori word for grandchild and what it means. In the word moko puna. For this word is a metaphor that is about the puna, the well spring, and seeing the moko of our ancestors, our tupuna reflected in our young ones. Today I want to talk. Uh, to us simply about a return e kia nei te korero, a return to love. Our understanding of love comes from a place beyond the intellect. In te reo Māori, we have a language that has great depth. It combines us as one, a spiritual world and a practical physical world. Our language is rooted deeply in our environment and our people. Our culture is also is rooted deeply in practices and beliefs that stretch beyond linear time. The practices of the Western world, its industry, technology and so-called civilization have been interrupting our language, our culture, and our beliefs for several hundred years. It has caused disconnection, alienation, fragmentation, and loss. But I am clear that we have lost and must reinstate is a sense of love. As the theme for this conference suggests, we must address our challenges 
right at the start, and perhaps even before the birth of a child at conception. I am the mother of three daughters and two sons. I'm the grandmother of 19 grandchildren, 13 grandsons, and six granddaughters. I am the great-grandmother of 21 great-grandchildren. Are we creating loving environments and loving relationships unconditionally that will infuse the growth and well-being of even the unborn child? What conditions are we placing on these environments and these relationships? What judgments are occurring? What separations are being created? Our whānau, as with all families, can hold some very strong opinions about the relationships of our loved ones. Are we unconditionally loving our children, our mokopuna, and those in relationships with them? We talk of the importance of our mokopuna. Well, I do of mine. <laughs> the connection between our ancestors and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. We know that the unborn child, those, those 19 mokopuno of mine, I was at the birth of 13 of the 19. And there is a karanga for when those babies are born. They are coming from the ancient world of the womb of their mothers. And when they are born into this world of ours, the karanga, when their foreheads were coming through the birthing canal, is haere mai rā e te tūpuna. That old soul is being born from that university of learning. And of course, when the head comes through, haere mai rā e te mokopuna, angatupuna. And are we looking after them like that? For they are our greatest expressions of unconditional love. When it comes to tackling the issue of suicide prevention, Kia Pikite Ora Suicide Prevention Officer Irene Walker says it's about leadership transformation. She spreads that message at Marae Hui and talks openly and frankly with kaumātua and queer. The answers don't just lie there. She says it's about whānau looking outside of themselves. Kia Pikite Ora comes from a Māori strength base. And a kaupapa that we've adopted for Kaupiki is Te Ahikomo. And a part of that mahi was actually to focus on working with our communities, our Māori communities, number one priority, as opposed to coming broadly across the spectrum. So part of that mahi for me, ideally for in uh, Tauranga Mona, was going to our marae. 
and having kōrero and wānanga with our marae, with our people, and helping them to understand suicide. Um, we, our contract for Kaupiki Tōra that I hold is a bay of plenty wide. So I have another colleague, Emma Kutia, who works in the Eastern Bay of Plenty, which shows really high, uh, high statistics for Māori populations in our Obotiki, Kauro and Whakatāne region. As for uh, Tauranga Mona, ours are only th- 34% Māori. Um, in the Eastern Bay, we're up in the 54-55% Māori uh, within the Obotiki and Kauro regions. You mean the population, the people that are living living in these areas? That are Māori. Yes. Yes. So, yes, we do have two different dynamics in what's happening in our rural and also what's happening uh, in our urban, which we will see, still see high suicide rates in our rural area. So it's not just a, a rohe issue, it's a, a na- national one for us. So now a lot of the kōrero around our marae have left. Um, now it's about criticising or judging, and are now moving into afi. In regards to families that have to deal with losing whānau to suicide, the aftermath, we have sort of places which is like they call grief support services. A lovely service run by some friends of mine and works really well for our tauiwi whānau. For Māori, no. We forget to look under our nose what's already there. And that's in regards to the tangiana process. I remember our queers, after the nehu, our queers would go home with the whānau pani. And they just would sit there, make the cup of tea. Yes. They actually rolled them back in. And they would stay there for about a week sometimes. And by, by whānau pani, you mean those directly related to the deceased? They, yes. The queers would go back to their house and just play cards? And... Yeah, hey, yes, they did. And have a laugh, put the fun back in the house. Because it doesn't also, end. To keep an eye, yeah. eh? To keep an eye. Because yeah. now all the fun and all the people are gone and it's quiet. This again is another pody state where they bring them through. Honestly, I think grief is a part of the healing. If we don't let ourselves go and grieve, then it's sort of that build-up we build that grief. And Māori are really good in releasing the grief. When we had tangi, we were having those things. When I come into the May uh, five years ago now, it was all sitting in the corner. Oh, she was a bad parent. That's why that kid hung himself in. You know, that was abuse and they drink too much and demea. Now they're understanding, uh, where was I? I knew this was going to happen because I used to see him wandering around the streets, no, did I stop? No. So now we're sort of all on alert, always checking our kids, hey, you all right, the other All those sort of things and giving, stopping to give them a lovey, lovey in. Do you know, you know, I'm your auntie, da, da, da. <laughs> prevention, no, prevention, eh, is the yeah, best. Yeah, those are all the prevention things. Mm. And those kids just need a lovey, lovey sometimes. Sometimes a lovey, lovey is a slip around the head. What do you do? <laughs> but one thing we must be doing is inspiring our leaders. And even, you know, my duhoi make 
You know, he knows too. We've got to make the changes. You know, he talks about all the lovely models we've got and the and the cool five five and all those meeting. Is it Maui? Yeah. Yep. And our party, you know, it's the matrix to meet me. He's right. I say, bro, we got all those, but um, who's doing it? And he looks at me and he goes, uh, we have to. Mm. I said, yeah, we have to. So come on, let's go. Let's do it. But we all do it. We yes. all do it. You know, just like, you know, the final say, oh, what do I do? And I say, hey, really easy. You just, you know, lovey, lovey your kids and lovey, lovey all those other kids too. And ourselves. Be kind to each other. Yeah, we're, we're allowed to have some arguments here and there. But hey, remember to say the next day, still love you. May not agree with you, but I still love you. Ko mau te munga, ko te ranga te moana, ko takitimu ko matatua ngā waka, ko ngai terangi ngā terangi nui ngā tipuki ngā iwi, ko ngai jahi, ko ngai tihi, ko ngai tapu, ko ngai tamarawaho, ngā hapu, ko upopiti. Ko Hairini, Ko Waikari, Ko Huiria Nga Marae, Ko E Ko Rangifakehu Irene Walker. Uh, my mahi is, uh, as you say, the Māori Suicide Prevention Coordinator. And I want to emphasise on the word of prevention and what prevents suicide. And we look for the solution base for strengthening our whānau and building resilience. The booklet Tihei Mauriora is a resource produced by the Mental Health Foundation to support whānau through suicidal distress. The bilingual resource is about informing whānau what the warning signs are and where to get help. Guiding whānau is one part of Witi Ashby's work as the Wellington-based kaitakawainga for the Mental Health Foundation. I grew up in the, um, in the Taitokere, Ngāpuhi Nui Tonu. I hail from... Uh, uh, inland um, from a place called Motato, and my hapu is Ngati Hine, uh, Iwi Ngati Hine. You know, Witi, when you've talked with Māori Fano, when you mentioned that you go to, you know, you've been to Marae and, and hearing their stories, uh, what's one thing that they all have in common? Well, there's two faults on this one. One is the, the, the risks of their Fano um, doing self harm, or the other one is also whānau that's actually bereaved, especially with whānau at risk of suicide, is where do I get help? Who do I contact? On the other flip side of that, especially when the grieving whānau is, is around, surrounding themselves, especially around whānau who are, who are grieved by suicide, is, it's actually, especially isolated areas, it's very hard to find, especially around the back blocks of uh, of the Taitokarei, it's very hard to actually uh, find whānau around there that can support them or ha- have lost loved ones. And so you either can actually form a group yourself or making sure that you have your whānau closely to you. But there are whānau there that are, you know, shaking to the core, especially around stigma and discrimination and stuff. That, that's, a, that's a whammer. What do you mean, stick? Um... That whole corridor around, and I've, I have heard some horrific stories around stigma and discrimination around with Malaya. Not all Malaya like that, but some Malaya do. 
You mean discrimination against? Against the, 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 the family, uh, if a person who's committed suicide uh, has taken their own life uh, and has been discriminated against, and especially around the length of time they should be on the line and, and all that other type of stuff. So really three days me, yeah. becomes one? Or yeah, yeah, all, all that type of stuff and all the, the corridor. Corridor, all the corridor that goes, you know, you know, um, some quarters are, oh, I hate you for doing this, why didn't you come and see me and all that other types of stuff. And also the stigma against the whanau as well, you know, that, that it can actually be very traumatic for whanau. So not only are they having to deal with obviously losing a loved one, all these things other, that yeah, come with it. Yeah, all, all that stuff that comes with it. My, I think my one is most probably to talk, talk to, especially our elders and our co-martins and queer, they're fixated on the fact that uh, it's not right. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's against God's law. But then my whakaro around that one is that it's around the mental health of that particular person. Even I've lost loved ones, and it's very close to me as well. Two suicides. Two suicides, yeah. yeah. You know, my niece took her own life. And what I can talk to you about her was more or less to her family. Well, she left a very young, this is going back 20 odd years ago, so she left a relatively young family behind. So what I do is making sure that they know who their mother was yeah, and, and the, who she was and how proud of I am to have her as my niece. And, uh, and I make sure they... Of course, they've never seen her mother, their mother. They've never seen their mother until they... So they um, were just little peepee. When they were mm. little peepee. So I, I had... The good thing about it, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a film buff. So I do a lot of production stuff and I do a lot of um, connecting with old archives and one of the things I do go went over to Australia and picked up all these tapes they had under their beds under there and I had my sister and, and, and her daughters and those are her daughters there. So I gave them that and I said this is what your mother looked like. Tēnā koe, Witi Ashby, kaitakawanga at the Mental Health Foundation based in Wellington. Maui Tepo is from Tūhoi, and it's in the Mātātua region where he learned his work today as a meridian kinesiologist. According to Maui, we are all balls of energy. Add to that his work as a consultant. He brings together meridian kinesiology and tikanga Māori. Ko Maui Tepo taku ingoa no tētahi o nga kokonga o te uruera hau, te tōku pāpā. I've got a flash term and it's known as I'm a meridian kinesiologist. Yeah, but I'm a Māori one. And as far as I know, there's only probably about two or three of us in the whole country. You learnt that where? Oh, in Whakatāra. You mean at home? Yeah. You, amongst your whānau? Started that way. So it wasn't what we call... Well, well back home it was based on Rono. See, we come from a whānau that was very much into Rundu. Well, when you're brought up in the Nahere, what do you expect? But as you grow older and you start learning and you start seeing more of the world, there's a thing called kinesiology, which is basically works around muscle testing and, and, and about studying movement. And so, but with Meridian, it's more to do with how energy flows in the body. And so, for an example, 
if you get really good at doing it, uh, which I'm, I don't believe I'm at that point yet, but when you get really good at doing it, you can actually ask the person's body what's going on because your body is a computer. And so you just got to know which buttons to push. So you talked about indicators last night. Are we yep. talking about the body telling you what's wrong? Yeah. So in the study that we've done, that's why we're a meridian kinesiologist, is, is by, being, is, is by um, asking the body what's going on. So when someone suffers from, uh, from some type of trauma, it gets locked into the system, into the body universe or the body system. And so if you know which, which muscles to work with, it'll tell you or indicate what's going on. For our people, the Māori, what you find out is, is that a lot of our tohungas, in male and female, our healers of old, were very instinctive, had it down to an art, instinctive, intuitive, they, just, they, they could just read it. And so uh, and everyone has that. It's just how much you use it, and the more you use, the better you get at it. And so your intuition and your, and, and your intuitive states and, and instinctive states. Uh, but now I've got an actual physical tool I can use to test it. Uh, and that's what Meridian Kinesiology is all about. How does that intertwine with the kaupapa of this conference? Uh, well, trauma. Grief, guilt, it's all locked in your system, in your body universe. It's in there. So for me, is is that, and, I, and I've been talking to some people I've heard this morning, they're still, it's still there. It hasn't been released. So why I studied the, the MK is, is that is, is so it can help people release it from the system. Is it a physical release in the muscles yep. or yep. is it yep. more Well, the first a... thing we do is what we term as an ON1. And so the ON1 is basically physical alignment. So what we do, if it, to put it in a, in a layman's point, uh, like a wheel alignment on a car, your body's the same. We just align, put your body back yeah. in alignment. We've just seen a romiromi take place in that room over there. Yeah, there's romiromi's, yeah, romiromi's romiromi. That's a different, different art system. Um, body manipulation, and all we do, that's all we're doing is just helping you align the body. Once your body's aligned, then basically it's functioning at its peak. But then we were taught that you actually, a lot of people that have come to this conference, a lot of it's symptomatic. What you've got to do is find the root cause. Now, now I've got a tool that I can use to help find the root cause. Still training, you never stop learning, you never stop training. But it's like uh, that saying about a string and a bow, um, just another string in the bow. Of course, when you had, when, like myself, we had the luxury of being, um, being brought up in a five-generation household, uh, and mainly Nakuya, Bakukuya. That's the kuya, my nanny, and us. And so, um, and when you had that luxury, and then back where I'm from, in the valley, up at Matahi, in the Waimana, you had that luxury. And so all we've done is everything we've learnt. Uh, what I've got to admit, what I've got to say now is, is and you, because you fell into the trap earlier, thinking it was, this is from Awa Nui Arani, 
Yeah. This has nothing to do with academia, nothing. Because the problem is, is if you come to a lot of these suites, there's a whole lot of academic stuff going on. And I would say for the next, for, 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 for most of this week. You talked about a lot of energy. All of us yeah. have energy. Yeah, well, if you look at it from an MK point of view, you are. You're just a ball of energy, literally. But it's shaped in as this. Physical form. Yeah. So when something's off, so you have a physical ailment, some, um, we were told that uh, that's basically because there's an energy blockage. So you just got to work that out. But in order to do that, you have to align the body. You've got to assist the body. Once you assist the body and get it back on alignment, then basically you're, you're, you're away. But in that, also saying that, you know, mean there's also tōtā wairua, uh, tōtā nākau, eh, the emotional... So where's all that in you? Well, if you ask me where the emotion is in you, and I'll tell you, it's in your liver. It's in the liver. That's, that's the number one point, yeah. It'll be in your liver. So when you can detox the liver and start mm. helping the liver... You're, you're on the way of helping uh, yourself in an emotional sense because everything's interconnected because that's how energy moves or more so our way to it. So depending which audience you're talking to, um, but that's why, I wanted to, uh, that's why I wanted to talk about it last night because uh, I think in, this, in the first slide that we put up it was all about natural, in, natural energy. It's an open system because nature, that's how nature operates. Nothing's closed just always evolves, always shifts, always moves, always moves, just like how you were. I mean, you can't tell me you're the same person seven years ago. No. Or even seven years before that. No. So I'm from that school. Uh, when I say school, from that school of learning, whereby uh, every seven years you physically change. So from the time of conception, seven years later, your whole body cell structure shifts, changes. And I'm from that school. Tēnei te mihi mai o hākia koe Māui te pau nō tūhoi. Hei tāpiri atu ki tērā ki ngā kai kōrero katoa i tuku o mai o koutou kōrero ki tēnei hōtaka o te ahikā nei rā te mihi. Nā taurauru, me tōku rauru, ka ora ai te iwi. A special thanks to all our guests in this week's show. Remember, if you or someone you know is suffering from depression, you can talk to someone that you trust, your family, your friends, or you can contact uh, depression.org.nz on 0800 111757. Next Sunday on the show, we feature Te Reo Oteraki, a four-part series with our regional reporter, Lois Williams. Nō reira me āta whakarongo mai ātou awa. Mai te whanau ātiahi kā kia tātou katoa, mauri tū, mauri ora. Some people who are together slowly drift apart. Some just can't wait for it to end. Some people don't even realize what they have is true to heart until it's too late. Yeah, cause we have always been good friends. We'll take this right to the end of its natural life Cause you are my inspiration You give me reason to live Oh, you take me, make me want to go to a higher Just want to let you know you keep me warm with your love 
Cause you take me Make me wanna go to a higher high Just wanna let you know you keep me warm With your love How long is forever Cause this will never end Time and time again You win me over And there's no other My inspiration, you are my inspiration, you are my inspiration, you are my inspiration, you take me, make me want to go to a higher high, just want to let you know you keep me warm. With your love, oh, oh, you take me, make me want to go to a higher high, just want to let you know you keep me warm. With your love, you are my inspiration, you are my inspiration. 